a number of psalms where it talks about the nations are in chaos, the nations are in uproar, but God is seated as king over the nations, and that never changes. So let's wait on the Holy Spirit now and welcome God's voice to us to establish reality in us. If anyone senses anything, please post it on the comments. We'd love to have this time where we hear live and share with one another. Chris, is anyone listening? I'm going to share a couple of... I'm going to share a couple of pictures we had earlier, which I shared at the beginning, but for those of us who haven't joined, um, I was reminded of a vine. We had a vine once, and there was a season, it had loads of leaves, and it looked incredible, but actually we had to cut it right to the stump, and it was felt really counterintuitive and counterproductive and ineffective. But that's what you're supposed to do with a vine. So we did it, we cut it right to the stump, and what we learnt and what we saw was actually at that, when it's cut to the stump above the surface, in a sense when everything, in terms of a spiritual analogy, everything's stripped away and restricted in our circumstances and, and, and challenged in different ways. What was going on beneath the surface of the vine was it was root system was deeply strengthened. And when it did finally grow up above the surface again, instead of lots of leaves, there were lots more fruit. It was far more effective and efficient as uh, producing actual grapes, which is the design of a vine, not just leaves, but grapes. And so that came, well, I was reminded of that this morning, and Hannah also was reminded of a bulb. Yes, she's got that coming. Oh, yeah. brilliant, a definite bulb just beneath the surface. Again, in winter, it looks like nothing's happening, but actually the bulb is becoming deeply enriched and all the life is being poured into it so that it can break out into spring for example, as a daffodil. So those two words are really encouraging about what we feel God's saying in this season to dig deep into the love of God. There's often many images in the Bible of the soil, like our heart, and that we can put roots deep down into the soil of God's love, into his heart, and that that is a healthy place to be. So even though we have constraints and restrictions above the surface and we're going into a lockdown on Thursday, which will increase those beneath the surface in the heart condition of our lives, we, we are always invited to put our roots deep down into the love of God. Always invited. That is never withheld from us. That is always an invitation, day and night, that we can put our roots deep down into the immeasurable love of God. So Holly, thanks Holly for um, Holly's put in uh, a sense of when a door is shut, you can still get lights coming underneath and through the cracks mm. but how much more light can flood in when uh, the door is fully opened and a sense that God That's wants good. us to open our doors to him nice. but also if we're scared to do that then there still is this light seeping mm. in um, it's that invitation and from Rachel um, the enemy's scheme is one of isolation mm. but God has broken down those walls he wants our connectedness with him and each other in these times yeah. we need to seek him for how we do this yeah I, I which rage is that? Peregrine. 
Rach, I completely agree. I have this sense of God puts the lonely in families. And whilst we are going to be in smaller, restricted groups of households, we have got this invitation of a support bubble. So if you're anyone's living on their own, this is a moment where if you're living on your own to say, who can I connect with, God-wise, family of God-wise, but also if we're, anyone is in a household of more than one person, to be open to becoming a support bubble with someone living on their own. So, so even though we're going to be restricted, we're going to have smaller amounts of people there shouldn't be, because of the support bubble system, anyone on their own. So we encourage that. I really command that blessing over hope that he puts the lonely in families, that every single person finds a family in this season in a way they wouldn't have done unless the season, if the season hadn't happened. And then Holly, I've been wrestling um, when we work through seasons of, of disappointment and pain in our lives. I've been wrestling with trusting God again with bits of my heart. And so that really resonates, that picture, Holly, that he still had light for me, but I, but for me, the freedom comes every time I go, okay, have it all again. I open the door of my heart again, let the light flood in again. And so I just encourage anyone who's battling with any disappointment or fears about trusting God, that the safest place to be is when the door is flung open and his light's in our life. It's actually not safe in any other self-protecting strategy. And I just encourage you, because that's the, the journey I'm on a lot, is, is continually opening the door of my heart to him and allowing his light to come in and not giving way to temptation to keep him out. Um, in Revelation 3, he says, if anyone, I stand at the door and knock, if anyone hears my voice, let him open the door and I will come and we will eat together, we'll have a meal together, we'll be family together. And that's his invitation to everyone, anyone, watching this or listening to this this is the ever invitation of jesus that we can open the door of our heart and welcome him in that is there any, any great other? yeah there's some others so from uh, liz trelaw isaiah 43 see i'm doing a new thing now it springs up do you not perceive it i'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland Amen, liz. and then from yeah. faith hall i felt reminded of the garden of eden because god gives us good if we deserve it or not yeah thanks faith so and we, we bless those words. And actually, there's a lot of imagery of water in Eden. So those, those two images are really linked, that, that we're in exile in the desert, aren't we, post-Eden. But there's springs of water that God wants to bring from Eden, paradise, to keep us, to restore us into home and connection with him. Now we can experience Eden now and we'll experience the full restoration when all of heaven and earth is restored. So we say yes to those streams of living water. We say yes to the new thing. We say yes to times of refreshing. We say yes to the spring that can well up from within us that isn't dependent on outward circumstances, to the woman at the well whose life was in desolation in John 4. But Jesus said, you will have a spring. And from within you, eternal life, waters, streams of waters will flow from within you. And her whole village, her whole town, whole city, who had rejected her, actually turned to Jesus, turned to her as those streams flowed from within her. So I just command that to every person watching this. It doesn't matter whether you think you have faith or not, there are streams of water waiting to be bubbling up and overflowing out of you into the life around you to, that we host heaven on earth. We are Eden restored and we have streams of living water available to us to flow out. Thanks, Alice, as well. She had an image of a plumb line and, uh, and a, uh, a clock pendulum that swung to, that swung to the left and to the right. And it says that despite the swinging over time, God provides our, our plumb line. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah.
He's always the same, yesterday, today and forever. He is the rock. He doesn't change. He's still beautiful and kind and compassionate and powerful and able. And, and we swing and the nation swing, but he doesn't. Yeah, so political potential left and right swinging from Alice. And thanks, Dan, for a recommended song. Great. Which song was that? Let the Light In Again. There's a link to it on YouTube there. Fantastic, that's great. These are, this, is, this is what we're about, a living, dynamic relationship with the living God now, with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit now. And so this is what we feel the fresh word is for us as a community today. So we say yes to those words. We cannot live but by the word of God, by the daily revelation word of God. It is bread and soul for us. So let's meditate on those words. We've got them all in the comments. Let's connect with that that song. Let's let the light in. Let those streams flow, recover, Eden again, even in a in a season of desert and exile. We just say yes to the life of God. So... Chris, are you? Yeah. Chris is going to come now and explain some of the questions for those who want to go away and look at the, the passage themselves. And uh, also, nice to have Crofty with us from Cornwall, St Ives. Imagine you see the kind of raw, the rawness of storms and things at sea are pretty, pretty ferocious, aren't they? And, and mentioning you, you can see the wind and the storms. And good to have Christy with us as well. And uh, Celebrate Recovery is moving on online. We're back on to Zoom with Celebrate Recovery from tomorrow. Um, so as always, all are welcome at Celebrate Recovery. Contact Christy if you're if you're interested. And I just I just want to honour you, Christy, for the way that through the through the last six months, well, last several years and last six months, you have led Celebrate Recovery just so well, being flexible to change the different seasons of lockdown and coming out of lockdown. And um, I just think I'm just really impressed with how you've led that and how you do lead Celebrate Recovery. You're a really faithful steward of that ministry. And uh, we know it's, it's a wonderful way of bringing good news to, to everyone. The good news of Jesus very very practically applied. When I come along, I love it. I find a, a, real, uh, a real help and a real strength and a real meeting with God and the humility and the, and the, and the honesty of it all. Um, great. So these are the questions. We're, 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 this is probably our last one. We're going to change tack, I think, next Sunday. Uh, so this is probably our last one on this walking with people with faith in the Old Testament. Today we're looking at Solomon, who is... To be honest, not a hero of mine. <laughs> I don't really like him very much. And uh, is it okay to say that? But um, if you want to, so if it works best for you at this point to log off and look at the scriptures um, on your own as a household rather than listen to me speak, then I take no offence and I delight in that actually. Um, but so these are some recommended things. You can track with the life of Solomon. Um, uh, ideally, you could read all of this, but all of the sort of first, I don't know. 14 chapters or so of 1 Kings. That's a bit too much. So here's a little, little snippet. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 3, uh, and then a few verses from chapter 7, and, uh, and then a few verses from uh, chapter 11. And then there's some questions there. What looks like Jesus in the life of Solomon? That's always the question we're asking as we read the Bible. What doesn't look like the life of Jesus? And then and what's God saying to me now? Those questions are also on our... Um, We've posted them on Instagram and Facebook. Could you just flick on on the PowerPoint, Alice? Just go forward one. So you've got a nice neutral background. Uh, great. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig now into, into a bit of the life of Solomon. And uh, I, think, I, feel like this is a, I feel like this is a message that speaks to, it should speak to everyone. And it's, and it's really the good news of Jesus, the gospel. Um, and, it's, and, 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 Jesus, and, and that message is for, is for everyone. And I'm just conscious that I was thinking that you know, it may well be that through lockdown, through social distancing, people who've, for some people, 
um, life has actually been quite comfortable and it's been quite easy. Or maybe that's a bit too strong. But there's been a sense of it's a bit of time off. It's a bit of slowing down. And there's been a spaciousness to it, which has been, which has been, which has been good. And some people have, have actually thrived in lockdown. And um, a, really, a really good positive thing, I'm a governor at the school over the road. And, uh, and I've heard this from several primary schools. Um, that actually some children with special educational needs, particularly with attachment uh, issues and challenges, have actually come, schools have found that they've come back after lockdown um, in a better place than they were beforehand. And they've actually really done well in having the consistency of being at home with families and so on. And I just think that's great. Isn't that good news? Good news that, um, that, that, that those children have, have actually found lockdown to be a good experience for them. And, and I know that others as well, it's been a good experience. But then there are others for whom it's been awful. It's been horrific. It's been traumatic. It's been lonely. It's been, it's, it's just been really hard. And then, then there might be some people for whom it's been a bit of both. And I think that this message today, that the message of Jesus speaks to everyone. It brings an encouragement and, and a challenge to both those who, who are finding life hard in a difficult place. And also those, those who, for whom uh, life feels like it's, it's just quite blessed and it's quite easy and it's quite abundant, you know. We, we all go through these, these different seasons. Some people feel like they sit in them for longer than others in, in, one, in one of those. Um, and we're going to look at the life of Solomon. And I think to do that, we have to start off by looking at the life of David. So I'm just going to start off with a little summary of, of David's life. David was the second king of Israel. He was Solomon's father. And... And then you'll be familiar with things like David and Goliath. Most people have, have heard that story, that, that, that event, which is probably the most famous thing in David's life. Uh, but if we go back a little bit further, and so he was the youngest of, I think, eight brothers. And uh, you get the impression that maybe he was a bit uh, insignificant within his family to, to his dad. You know, his dad, so when, 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 when his dad was called to bring his sons to meet the prophets, he didn't bother bringing uh, David. So perhaps he wasn't so, so, so much on the radar of his father. Maybe he was concerned more with his older boys. Um, so that's hard, isn't it? To be the one that's maybe less considered by your parents. Uh, thought of as being less significant, less, uh, you know, less, less loved. And, uh, and we have quite a, a, a pleasant image, don't we, of shepherds and shepherding. It's this kind of, you know, it's a kind of warm, uh, nice, you know, kind of nice occupations. It's on postcards and Christmas cards and... But actually, it, was, it wasn't a great job uh, in, in those times. It was pretty, uh, it, it was very, very cold at night often, very, very hot in the day often, lonely, smelly, dangerous, dangerous wild animals around, and, and, and you know, other people potentially come and steal your sheep and so on. It, it wasn't a comfortable, cushy, um, you know, man and his dog kind of um, lifestyle. It was, it, it, but that was, that was David. He spent, his, he spent his, he worked as a young boy on the, on the hills, on the mountains, away from his family, alone with his sheep. And then we know he has this time when Samuel the prophet comes to him and, and, and says, you're going to be a king of Israel. And then following that, it's actually a 10 or 15 year gap between that moment with Samuel saying you're going to be the king and that, him actually becoming king. And that, is, that time period, 10, 15 years, is a horrible time for him. He, he, he ends up um, working for, for the king of the time, King Saul, and, he, and, his, and his boss is an absolute, he's a tyrant really. I mean, you know, maybe kind of Kim Jong-un sort of narcissist, um, uh, you know, really, a really bad uh, employer, self, self-obsessed, uh, insecure, and, and really takes that out on the people around him. And, and David has to flee for his life several times. Uh, and, and it spends actually quite a lot of those years uh, literally on the run uh, at risk of being killed. 
And during that time, he really gets to know God and he discovers. And we see in the Psalms, we get an insight, which is the sort of poetry book, the hymn book of the Bible, many of which were written by David. And you see in the, in the rawness of the Psalms, the way in which he discovered who God is. And he writes things like, God is my fortress and my shelter, my ever-present help in times of need, and my stronghold, my safe place. Uh, you know, and I trust in him. And you see these, 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 these rich, this rich, intimate knowledge and relationship that, that, that David develops with God through those horrible trials. And, uh, and I think, I, think I, I would take encouragement for this when we're going through really hard times. Uh, you know, these are the times, it's not, it's, not a sh- it's, not a short, it's not a short time of suffering for David, it's a long time. And I, and I would imagine that during those times, there's all the rawness of, is God real? Where is God? Does he care about me? My prayers feel like they're just bouncing off the walls. They're not being heard. All, all, of these, all of these questions. And we can feel in those places, can't we? Gosh, what, a, what, what sort of a Christian am I if I don't even... If, I, you know, if I'm asking these questions, is God real? Is, is this all just made up? You know, can I really trust God? Is he, is he actually like me? Is it true for everyone else, but not for me? Uh, am I, have I done something that's unforgivable? Have I done something that means he just can't look at me? Uh, self-hatred, insignificance, all of this stuff can come at us. And, uh, and I'm sure it came at David as well. But the great encouragement from the life of David is that he, he, in that place, he met God in this way that was that was so rich and so real. And we see it throughout the life of David and the stuff that he wrote. And when he becomes king, um, actually, he doesn't get everything right. He, he makes some pretty awful, um, he makes some really bad mistakes and, and causes a lot of damage to his family and those around him. Uh, but he kind of comes through his life and he, and he ends. And, Dave, and God says of David, he was a man after my own heart. He, 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 he honoured me in the way that he lived. He had faith and he trusted me. And right the way through the rest of the Bible, really, David is honoured. Um, and God says, I want to, because of my servant David, I'm going to bless the generations that follow. Because of my servant David, I will do this. So this is a man who was familiar with suffering, familiar with hard times. Didn't get everything right by a long way. But he was described as a man after God's own heart. And so he really gets Israel, the nation of Israel, into this place of peace and prosperity. He'd fought a lot of battles on their behalf and he'd, he'd really sort of established the nation according to God's design. That it would be, um, be good and, and, would, and would flourish and be peaceful and a place where people could, people, where everyone could thrive. And, uh, and then he hands over to his son Solomon who becomes king. And uh, we see in the life of Solomon... Uh, we see he, so he basically inherits this, this, um, this nation that, that is on the up, it's on the ascendancy, it's growing as a, as a, as actually a superpower, um, with, with, with the strongest nation around, with peace on all its sides, and people coming from around the world to, to, to admire it and see it, and they're, and they're, so, so this, this kind of comes into Solomon's lap, and he in his humility, in his early days as king, uh, has a dream and God speaks to him. This is in, uh, in, in that, I think it's in chapter 3 of 1 Kings. Uh, uh, so God speaks to him and says, what, what, what do you want? And he says, actually, I need wisdom. You know, this is a hard thing to do to lead these people, to lead this nation. Give me wisdom. And God is delighted with him, uh, you know, asking for that rather than wealth and prosperity and so on. And God says, as well as wisdom, I will give you wealth and prosperity. Um, and, then we, and then he goes on. And as you read through those first chapters of uh, 1 Kings, I, 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 to be honest, I don't know if it's something in me, but I find it a little bit, a little bit um, repulsive, a little bit excessive. And you, you just see this massive accumulation 
of, of wealth that Solomon has. And, and you know, huge, crazy, he builds this temple. Uh, he builds the temple, which is obviously a good thing, because honouring God. But, but he's also, but, although at the same time, uh, it says he actually uses slave labour to build the temple. <laughs> you know, I know that these people in the Old Testament, they didn't have the fullness of revelation of God that we have uh, now. And, and you know, we have a, the, the whole Bible, we've seen Jesus, who's shown us the very nature of God. But I find that hard, you know, to, to see that, 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 that Solomon built the temple to worship God with slaves. And did that not, did that not you know, grace against his conscience? Um, but then he goes on and builds his palace. And his palace is just crazy in terms of the, the luxury that it, that it is. And the amount of food that he consumes. Even the quantity of sacrifices that he offers. Again, I find it a bit excessive, to be honest. And I, I, don't, I don't know what God's heart was towards that. You know, maybe I don't want to judge his heart. Um, uh, and so on. But there is just this extraordinary abundance about everything. Which, was it, was it God's design that Solomon should be a king that should just indulge in such um, abundance for himself? Actually, it says at the end of, let me just read to us at the end of, uh, this is coming towards the end of his life. So this is in, in 1 Kings chapter 11. It's one of the bits I suggested people read in the, uh, if they're doing this at home. Let me read this. This is 1 Kings 11. And maybe I'm being a bit harsh on Solomon here, you know, in, in my kind of summary of his life. Uh, it's, not, it's not mine to judge. It's between him and God. But I think there are things for us to learn through him uh, and through the way he lived and didn't live, actually, that are inspirational to us uh, today. So let's, let's read this. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 11. And I'm going to read from verse 1. King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter, Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians and Hittites, they were from the nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them, because they will surely turn your hearts after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines, and his wives led him astray. As Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of David, his father, had been. He followed Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites, who did horrible stuff like child sacrifice. They did this part of that. So Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely, as David, his father, had done. And it goes on, and God says, actually, I'm going to turn my favour away from you as a nation because of what you've done. And it's just a tragic ending, really, to, uh, to, uh, to Solomon's life. Uh, all of that was provided for him. But my sense with it is, is that you look at the life of David and he was far from perfect, but he was a man who knew God and he walked with God and he trusted in God and he had this relationship with God. And, and that was forged in a place of trial, suffering, weakness, brokenness. Solomon in this place of extraordinary wealth and privilege. Uh, the sense that I get as I read it, and again, you know, a sense that I get, maybe I'm being over harsh, but the sense I get as I read it is he doesn't really feel like he really knew God. Yes, God gave him wisdom, and he had this extraordinary wisdom. He could solve these crazy riddles and things like no one else. But, but, it, but it says, doesn't it, that his heart was, his heart was after his wives. How, how can you have multiple wives? You know, again, we don't have the fullness of revelation here, but how can you, that's, that's not the design of God, is it? For, for, for a man to dominate so many women like that, I think it's horrific. Anyway, it's a different world, the, 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 uh, the, the, this, this kind of 
you know, ancient world, a different context, different time, and it's not appropriate for me or us to judge them. But it is appropriate for us to learn from the scriptures and to glean what is it, God, that you're teaching us here. And I think that what God teaches us through the life of Solomon is, uh, yes, we can have it all. Yes, we can have all this wealth. And actually, the generational blessing may well keep on coming. You know, the, the blessing of David kept on coming on Solomon's life. He continued to live in plenty. He continued to live in ease in his latter years, um, even though his heart had strayed from, from God. And the invitation to us is, it, as, as people who may be finding life easy right now, or, or you know, have enjoyed the, the, the blessings of lockdown and social distancing, is that we don't indulge it for ourselves. Do we? we don't just sit in this luxury of... Uh, but the invitation of Jesus and the gospel is to roll up our sleeves, hey? Isn't it? It's to roll up our sleeves and say, come on, come on, I've put you in this world and I've blessed you so that you can show the world who I am, so that you can show the world the heart that I have, that the God that I am, that I have come and I've set things up to bring the life of blessing and not just to you and your household, not just to you, to you exclusively, not so that you can just live in luxury, but so that you can show the world the love of God. That's his design, isn't it? And can, let's just read this. This is, this is who we worship. This is the one that we follow. This is our example. This is the king of kings, the, the ruler of the universe, the creator himself. It says in Philippians 2, um, verse 5, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. He had it all. He had the comfort and the glory of heaven, the peace of being at God's side, in a place where there is no pain, where there is no suffering, and a place where he's... he's, 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 he's Promising to take us in, into this in, in the in the life to come, but he didn't stay there, did he? He made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. And there's something so different about that, isn't there? About the way that Jesus did it. That's, um, and I think we see that. We see it again in the life of David. We see there's this brokenness. Which is, yes, he has um, this, 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 this authority and this position of leadership. But it's come. And he, David knows it's come from the Lord. He knows his strength and his life is in the Lord. And you, you get the sense that he'll give it, all, give, it all, give it all for God. And that's the same for us. And I think that's the challenge and the invitation to us. During, during this new lockdown coming and in the years to come, we've been talking in this series about legacy, conscious that it's not just me and, and, and my life, but that as, as Christians we set things up for the communities around us and for the generations that will follow. And we do that through living these, taking often micro steps of faith, small steps of faith in, in the moment. I'm sure the way Solomon went, was, it was a subtle and a gradual hardening of heart rather than a being rude, but you know, or, you know, just a sort of being rude to God, and just and a more deliberate. I, I'm not interested in you. So, so this is, our, I think, our encouragement is to let's let's for those of us who are um, finding this really hard and, and and a really challenging time, and it has been maybe for, for for months. The encouragement is press into God in that time. This is not a it's not a comment on who you are. It's not a saying you've messed things up and done things wrong. Um, even if you have, that doesn't separate you from the love of God. It's a place where you do, it's right to ask these questions. Where is God? 
You know, what are you doing, God? I can't see you. Why aren't you answering my prayers? And Jesus says, that's right. Just keep on banging on the door. That's how you pray. It's not a slot machine. It's not a, a vending machine. That's not the way this life works. You don't just bang on the door. Keep pursuing him. So that's the, the encouragement, the invitation. If life for you is hard. We've, we've seen David do it. We see right through the Old Testament and the New Testament. So often God's people are in places of weakness and, and kind of almost need some of that in order to find God and to, and to, and to walk intimately with him. So be encouraged and draw near to God at this time. And if for you this is a, it's been a comfortable time, it's been a good time, again, that's a good thing. That's not wrong. No guilt on that, on that front. But we have an opportunity. How do we use that privilege that we have? How do we use that? And this comes into the Black Lives Matter, you know, the recognition of, of race and so on and, and how we can bring about that. For, for people who, 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 who have the privilege of not being conscious of their, of their whiteness, for example, one of the things that Kirsten's been highlighting, you know, the opportunity for us is to use our power to bring about uh, racial equality uh, and racial justice. So, I'll leave it at that. That's, that's, the, that's the encouragement, my encouragement from the life of Solomon, is I think he could have done things in a different way. I think he could have used his privilege and his opportunity to serve the weak, to serve um, those who didn't have. And I think that's the heart of God that we see. Yes, God, as in, as in that picture that Holly shared, yes, if we keep the door shut and we say, and, and, you know, we harden ourselves to God, yes, his goodness will still come in, still come in, the light under the door, just as Solomon still received blessing and favour. And God continued to honour and, and, and bless Israel through the generations because of, because of David. And it's over to you. I've been reminded um, of the seed that falls to the ground and dies. And Jesus says that is the way the kingdom works. The se- a seed, if it, if it remains a seed, there's so much potential, there's so much power there. But it, it, it's never fulfilled unless the seed of our lives goes to the soil and dies through our surrender. It cannot, we cannot fulfill our potential. And I think the difference with... David was he allowed himself as a seed to fall to the ground and die and Solomon didn't he held on to his life in the end and and rode on the generational blessings of legacy and it is so so challenging in the in the in when we're in legacy to remember the price paid for us to enter into that legacy and enter into the price ourselves as Jesus said freely freely you've received we all have legacy freely freely give and it's that sense of all every single one of us who's received the goodness of God in our lives has received legacy and many of us will be blessed as a result some of us will have extremely challenging such situations but some of us will be blessed and in that place it to to not go down Solomon's route and just right rest on our laurels ride on the surf of that legacy but to actually become a seed and allow ourselves to fall into the soil and die to, to release our life again into the, into the love of God, into the hands of God, into the soil under the surface. And we, we've, we've said this a few times, but the, these prophetic words are coming of, of being cut to the stump as a vine above the surface or even as a, a daffodil bulb not even being seen above the surface, but all the work all the depth, all the the strengthening of the roots, everything that needs to happen for us to be fruitful and effective and productive people happening in the winter season, in the trial, underneath the surface. We all need that to sustain the character that can hold the fruit that explodes above the surface when spring comes. 
We've got one church one day on Tuesday for those of you who weren't in the beginning. And I just want to highlight a few slots. But I particularly want to encourage all of us to see each hour as building praise brick by brick. We want to build a wall of praise this Tuesday because it's when we, the people of God, establish the reality that God's good governance stands, that we can host heaven on earth, that we can be that that new Eden, we can release streams of living water. So 8 till 9am, Lynn and Liz are leading a... Do you want to... We'll, we'll put them back on. It goes past quite quickly. But 8 till 9 a.m., Lynn and Liz are leading a prayer walk where they're meeting outside out of Bedminster. Lynn has got a really strategic map rooted out. If you do know Lynn and want to do it, connect with her. If you don't know who she is, connect through the office at hopechapel.co.uk through Hannah. If you want to do it but can't do that time, again, connect with her because she's got a really strategic map route and she can ha- give you that information and you can use later on in the day. So that, that's that morning slot. Every single hour is covered in the whole 24 hours. There's a TBC, 10 till 11 p.m. That's Dylan and Sam. They're on Zoom from 10 p.m. onwards till 6 a.m. It's all on Zoom. But then there are two opportunities to gather in person as well. There's the 8 till 9 p.m. slot and 9 till 10 p.m. slot around fire pits, outside Hope, bring your own chair, and sign your name into the doodle poll so we get the numbers right. We really feel this this Tuesday is about building a bank of praise, as Silas talked about with Jehoshaphat last week, and Chris touched on with David, the heart of worship this week. That's where the breakthrough comes, when we simply establish Jesus' lordship and his good governance in the midst of, even despite of, our circumstances. And in that, we see his good governance of peace and joy established on earth as it is in heaven. So bless you all this week. I wonder if we just could finish by praying. Can we do that? Yeah. <clears throat> Should we just finish by praying in response to... Uh, so Lord, we, we, uh, we come to you as your church and we, and we acknowledge and recognise that uh, for many of us life has been really hard. And uh, we stand and, uh, with our, our brothers and sisters for whom that's been the case. And we say, thank you, Jesus, that you are near to us when we're in times of challenge and trouble and yeah. hardship. We see that right the way through. You, you went to people, you, you connected with people in that place of, 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 of suffering and, and hardship. And so we knock on the door here and say, we want to we see you, we want to meet you, we want to be strengthened by you. We want to encounter you just like David did in those places. And uh, we also say, stand with those for whom uh, life is feeling abundant and blessed. And we just, just thank you for that as well, Father. Yeah. Thank you for that peace. Mm. Uh, we're really grateful for that provision. Yeah. And we want to we use that um, for your glory. Yeah. We don't take it for granted or don't want to in, just indulge in it. But instead, actually, we want to give it away. Mm. We want to bless. We want to serve. And we pray that you lead us in that. We just, uh, just go back to Holly's picture. We just open our doors uh, and say, light come in. Mm. We welcome you, Jesus. And we just say, if you're, if you're, you know, able to say this, um, if you're not able to say, you could say, God, make me able. You know, I want to become able. But Lord, we we just, we just give our lives to you as an open door, as an open book, as a seed that you can, you know, you're welcome to plant. Mm. And we recognise that there's a death in that. But we. We want to live the life of faith. Yeah. We want to live the life of, of walking with you, Jesus. Yeah.
and we'll and we'll go wherever you take us. We're, we we just open hands, open palms, yeah. just say yes, Lord, use us as as we are. We give ourselves fully to you. You have full permission. Yeah. We we release ourselves to your care and your leadership. Mm-hmm. Use us for your good purposes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to keep speaking to us about this. Mm-hmm. Keep showing us what you have for us. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. I'm just reminded as well of Psalm 67 that God blesses, God blessed Abraham so that he would, and, and his descendants, so that they would reveal the goodness of God to the nations. And it says in the last verse that the nations would be restored. So every blessing we receive is because we are designed to show the goodness of God to the nations. So we, we not only open the door and allow the light in, but we are the light and we release our light to the world by serving the world. So we, we bless the restoration of the nations through the, the blessing that comes on the people of God. Great. We'll finish there. Bye. Bye.